podcast designed specifically and solely for leaders of nonprofit organizations. And today I'm going to be jumping into seven things that every leader should know as you're starting a nonprofit organization um, or yeah, really starting or midway. This is for the start off or smaller nonprofit, everything, you know, nonprofits. But again, seven things that I want us to really dive into and go over. And man, I hope you guys are having a wonderful day, a wonderful week. Um, you know, nonprofit is just something that that I absolutely love. And there is a course, there is a course that is unbelievable. So at the end of this um, uh, podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about the course. But um, you'll see, you, you'll see so much that we're going to go through. But then I'm going to expound on it even more when you take the course. All right. Seven things that you should know as you are starting or growing a nonprofit organization. Number one, identify the mission statement. Okay, it's going to be important that you look at your mission statement and really begin to define what that mission statement is. So and I'm going to read a couple of bullets and then I'm going to dive into it. Um, identify the mission statement. So every organization should have a written mission statement that really expresses your reason for being. And the mission statement doesn't have to be elaborate or it doesn't have to be long, but just something that really tells donors, key stakeholders, anyone about your organization. You know, one of the things that's so important about a mission statement is because everything that you do, all of your programming will fall out of the mission of the organization. And so and even as like when you're writing grants or proposals or going to corporations, the first thing that they're going to want to know is what is your mission? Like wh why are you here? What, why was the organization birth? So I want you to spend some time really developing your mission statement and just looking at how do you grow your organization based upon the mission? And, you know, when you look at a mission, you might want to write you might want to write like several versions of it um, and then, you know, get to that one one mission statement that says, aha. This is it. Now, a mission statement is something that should be readily able or when somebody reads it, they should be able to easily identify like with your organization and immediately know this is what this organization is all about. This is the impact that this organization has. And so I think it's going to be really, really important that as you're looking at your mission statement, think about impact. You know, a lot of times people ask me, you know, what goes into writing a mission statement or how do you write an information statement? I always advise individuals to look at the long term and the short term impact that you want to have in the lives of individuals, communities or whatever your whoever your service target is. Think about the impact. Once you think about the impact, then think about the route to get to that impact. And so now in your mission statement, you'll be putting that route of how you plan to transform the lives of young people and what does that look like? And so really dig down into developing a strong, strong mission statement. Again, seven things that you have to do. You know, a lot of times, you know, as founders of nonprofit founders, 
sometimes you got to skate over the mission statement. Like, ah, just, you know, get around to it. I'd rather do programming. But everything, everything, and I mean everything, comes out of your mission statement. Um, you, you know, for me, I always look at the mission as the driving force to any organization. That is the driving force to any organization, to anything that you wish to do. The mission statement is key. Number two, again, I'm talking about the seven things that every nonprofit leader needs to do and needs to know. Number two, research community needs. Again, research your community needs. Now, this is where you're going to look at, you know, look at your community. And are there other organizations that are in your community that's filling the identical need or doing something similar? And so as you're looking at your community needs, your organization, you want to look at, hey, is, you know, are you doing something that someone else is doing or are you doing something that's completely different from other organizations? Now, in researching your community needs, not only are you looking for nonprofit organizations who are doing similar work or different work or even organizations in general, but as you're really looking and researching your community, you also want to look at the needs. That's critically important to understanding your needs and what does that look like as it relates to having substantial impact in the work that you're doing, because ultimately your goal is to have impact. And so as you're researching and looking at your community, kind of think about, you know, let's, and I'm going to just give you a hypothetical. So let's just say if your goal is to have an impact on the lives of high school students, right? And high school students focusing on uh, graduation, you know, helping young people graduate from high school. So let's just say if that's your focus. So from a community needs perspective, now you have to identify, well, how many high schools are in your community area or your service area? How many high school students? Then let's look at how many high schools are in that particular area, because now you want to also look at partnerships, because as you're looking at researching your community needs, you also want to look at how do you build collaborative partnerships? You know, in the nonprofit space, there is no such thing as competition. So if somebody is if an organization or a nonprofit organization is doing exactly what you're doing. There is no such thing as competition. But the key word is going to be collaboration. So now you want to look at it and say, OK, how do I collaborate with what I'm doing with another organization so that we can make the impact even larger? And so I was saying uh, before, just say, if you, you know, you're impacting high school students and the goal is to get high school students to graduate. So now you're researching how many high schools in your service area, perhaps how many student, students are in your, in your service area, how many families that have high school students in your service area. And then now it's time to drill down and say, OK, well, how many students are failing? What are the test scores looking like in the school systems? So now identifying your community needs not only helps to identify collaborative partners, but then it also allows for your programming to be really, really strong. Because once you identify the community need and the needs of your young people in the community, then you can really design programming that's going to have like lasting impact on that young person's life. 
lasting impact on that young person's life. And that's what we want to do. We're in the business as nonprofit leaders to be able to have lasting impact. And, you know, I run into a lot of leaders and a lot of times leaders say, well, you know, I have this wonderful mentoring program. Guess what? If there is no need for your mentoring program, then why do the mentoring program? But if there is a need for remediation programming or helping young people who are failing, and if that's the need, then we have to meet that particular need. So anytime that you're doing programming, sure, you want to go off of what the board of directors says and some of the things that you've done, but never negate the community and the research that comes from the community. I'll give you a story. Um, I had a non I had an after school program. Um, many, many years ago. And in this after school program, I offered several um, programs and such as tutoring, homework assistance, um, science projects, just a myriad of things. So one of the things that I introduced was a camera club. Now I'm thinking, man, that's a cool idea to, uh, you know, to offer film and cameras to young people because I, I like the cameras. I'm thinking, well, if I like it, the young people like it. And it's pretty cool. It's something different. So I offered the program and we had all of the, the camera equipment. The young people were so excited about, you know, having and being in front of the camera, in front of the camera, then being behind the camera and we were learning. They were really excited the first day. But then after the first day, it fizzled down. There was no need. There was no desire. And so I just implemented a program that I thought that I thought that the young people would want, but I didn't ask the young people. So as we're doing programming, it's going to always be important that we look at who our audience is and then that we're really researching our audience. Research, research, research is the key to success. The next one, the third thing, again, we're talking about the seven things that every organization, every leader, every nonprofit organization should do in starting or really in those who have started growing your nonprofit organization. Number three, form a board of directors. The founding board will help you translate the ideas behind the organization into reality. The board of directors is incredibly important. You know, and I always tell people the stronger the board, the stronger the organization. The weaker the board, then we have a weak organization. So I want us to look at the board of directors as like the nucleus behind everything that we do in the nonprofit space. And because the, you know, in a nonprofit space, no one owns a nonprofit organization, but it's governed by a board of directors. And the board of directors chief responsibility is to provide what we call governance and governance leadership. Now, governance is a broad term. But I'm going to drill down a little bit into what does that look like from a board's responsibility when we're talking about governance and governance, meaning and I you know, don't want to use a word to define a word. However, governance is governing the affairs of the organization from a fiscal perspective, contracts, leadership and policies. These are things that the board of directors are responsible for. Now, as a nonprofit leader, I want you to hold your board of directors squarely accountable for fundraising. 
you know, one of the chief responsibilities of a board member is to look at fundraising and to help meet the, you know, the fiscal responsibilities of the organization. So as you're looking at your board of directors, I want you to focus on individuals who have influence and affluence in their communities, in the business sector, in the faith community, or whatever, in the educational community, or whatever community that they are in. Because ultimately, we're going to lean into the board of directors to be able to provide some support. And the support, again, financial support. Not only are they, we're asking board members to give financially from their own pockets, but then also be responsible for helping to raise money. Board members um, should really, really understand community and have a passion for the work of your organization. You know, I want us to spend time in this particular board space. And as you as a leader, spend time really diving into what, where do you see your organization going and then growing in the next two, three, four years? Once you determine where you see your organization going and growing, then align board members who will be able to take you to that place of growth. Align board members. Don't get board members for where you are. Get board members for where you want to go. Because ultimately, growth comes with the level of people who are engaged in your organization. Those people that are engaged into your organization are those individuals who understand nonprofit and who really have a heart for the community. And not only a heart from the community, but really want to dive in and just help as much as they possibly can. That board piece is critical. I always get the question, well, where do I find board members? And so I'm going to give you a couple of areas where you can really find some strong board members. Reach out to your local United Way. Um, United Way typically has like board banks where they train board members and individuals, excuse me, on becoming board members. So make sure you reach out to the United Way. Um, another uh, source is to look at the Urban League. Um, Urban League has, you know, a, a, a bank of people that they'd be able to train and support and then really start looking, diving into your community and asking people, you know, that you would love to serve on the board. Number four, again, we're talking about the seven things that all nonprofit leaders should know or do to really grow and take their organization to the next level. Number four is corporate bylaws. The corporate bylaws are vitally important. And here's why. The, your corporate bylaws are, is the document that the board of directors uses to govern the organization. So inside of your board, your, your bylaws, it talks about the conflicts of interest, how many terms can a board serve? The responsibilities of a chair, vice chair, secretary, and treasurer. It could talk about the um, the level of committees, subcommittees, um, you name it. The, the, the corporate bylaws, that should be the tool that's used to be able to govern the organization. Now, I'm going to kind of pause here when we talk about bylaws and the board. In, in every nonprofit organization, there is a required to have a board of directors. So there are two leadership structures. There's a board of directors who provides governance at a high level to the organization. And then there is the staff side, which is headed by an executive director or president and CEO 
or program director, whatever that name is called. So now we have two levels of leadership, but they're all going to the common good of supporting the organization. So again, we have the board of directors and then we have a staff and they're all working collaboratively together to advance the organization. Now, with those particular bylaws in place, again, the bylaws, those board of directors are going to use those. And, I, you know, and I always suggested customary that at every single board meeting, the corporate bylaws are present because, again, that is how the organization is governed. And the, and the organization and the board of directors should be using our corporate bylaws to guide the affairs of the organization. Um, how do you write your corporate bylaws? I get that question a lot. And what should go into the corporate bylaws? Starting place. There are several, several templates out there that talks about bylaws. There are several, several uh, bylaw, bylaws templates out there. So you can certainly use those. However, use a template, but make sure you insert some of the things that you really want to insert as well. Make sure you insert the things that you want to insert because that's going to be important. Number five, how will the organization sustain itself? So number five is a question. I'm giving you the seven things that all organizations should do to grow to the next level. Number five, and number five is a question. And I'm going to read some bullets to you. Make sure you take notes of these. Okay. Number five, how will the nonprofit organization sustain? A nonprofit organization um, has many ways to create a viable sustainability to include grants, fundraising fees, tuition, partnerships, fiscal agents, and things of that nature. So now the question you want you want to ask yourself is once you start this organization or now that you're in your year five or year 15, how will we sustain? Because unlike a for-profit, what is an LLC, S-Corp or C-Corp, a nonprofit organization receives its revenue based upon services contributions and things and some fees at time because they're you know you look at a ymca or a boys and girls club in addition to contributions they also have membership fees so fees can be charged as it relates to a nonprofit organization however one of the keywords one of the key questions i want you to ask yourself as you're growing your organization how will you sustain hear me very carefully do not just rely on grants so as we're looking at a financial model, I want you to look at a full financial model, which includes grants, individual giving, board giving, uh, corporate sponsorships, endowments. So I want you to look at a full financial plan. A lot of times people say, well, grants or fundraising event. There's so much more to raising money in an organization other than grants. And I have a whole segment just on fundraising. Like when you take the course I'll talk to, you, talk to you about at the end, there is a whole section just on fundraising. Um, the next one, define reasonable and short-term goals. So, and, and you know, as you are looking at your next step, really define what are those goals that you want to achieve. The next, um, chart of progress, a chart, uh, make a chart of progress towards achieving your goals. So now you want to look at, and we're still in number five, but these are just subtopics. So in your number five is now, how do we look at, you know, charting progress? And that goes to your programming. Like in everything that you do and all of your programming, you want to make sure that your programs align. Your programs align 
with the mission of the organization, one, and then also you're able to measure the impact both quantitatively and qualitatively of your particular programs because a funder is going to want to see, is going to want to see how do we know is this program working? So you're going to have to have some really strong measuring tools. And that's a part of kind of the sustainability plan. And then lastly, make sure that your programs are meeting those community needs. And so I want you to look at, are your programs meeting community needs? Um, Number six, again, I'm going through the seven things, the seven things that we should do. Number six is develop a plan and, and, The better term in developing a plan is your strategic plan. Um, A strategic plan really conveys the vision and the mission of the organization. In your strategic plan, it also gives a SWOT analysis, some of your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. In your strategic plan, it also gives you the roadmap and a time frame. The strategic plan is by far one of the most important elements of a, of a growing and the mark of a successful nonprofit organization by having a really strong strategic plan. I would suggest that you consider having maybe a three-year or five-year strategic plan. You can literally start Googling different strategic plans. And then once you get the template that you like, then now you can really, really dive in and put the elements into your strategic plan that you want to have. But it's going to be vitally important, guys, that you have a strong strategic plan. Allow your board of directors to be a part of the strategic planning moment. The the important part about that is you want the board of directors to be fully engaged in every aspect of the organization. And that includes a strategic plan, because guess what? The board of directors is going to be responsible with helping to be able to fulfill the mission and all of the elements within that strategic plan. Now, let's just say you have a five-year strategic plan and then you have several board members that are getting ready to roll off, meaning they're getting ready to move on, they've served their term. It's still fine for them to be a part of the strategic planning process because they're there at that moment. So make sure that you involve your board of directors. Having a plan is going to be vital. That was number six. Finally, number seven, This is a biggie, this is a biggie, this is a biggie. Repeat after me, say legal compliance. Uh, You know, whether you're a new organization or you're maybe two years old or five years old or even 15 years old, legal compliance is an absolute key element to the life and sustainability of a nonprofit organization. So with legal compliance, I'm gonna dive into two different elements of legal compliance. I'm going to dive into the legal compliance for those who are interested in starting a nonprofit organization. And then I'm going to dive into the legal compliance of some annual renewals for nonprofit organizations who've been in existence. So for those who are interested in starting a nonprofit organization, grab a pen and a paper and take these notes down. All right. The first thing we're going to do is file your articles of incorporation with your secretary of state in the state that you currently reside or where the nonprofit is going to be held. So again, you will file your articles of incorporation in the local state at the secretary of state where you're located. After you file the articles of incorporation and you receive back a successful filing, meaning successful filing, meaning that the secretary of state has 
received and approved and provided you with a certificate saying that the organization is a nonprofit organization. Then the next step is to get your employer identification number. Most call it an EIN number. Uh, EIN number is a pretty simple process. You'll fill out either form SS4 or and then mail it in, or you can call it in, or you can do it online. There's several ways that you can get your EIN number, um, but that's going to be the next step, getting your EIN. Once you get your EIN number, now it's definitely time to um, file what's called Form 1023. Filing a Form 1023 will allow you to get your 501c3 designation. Now, there's two delineations of a, of a Form 1023. You have a 1023 long form and you have a 1023EZ. Make sure you take a look at the differences. 1023EZ was pretty much formed for smaller nonprofit organization whose projected income is going to be revenue, excuse me, is going to be pretty much less than $50,000 or maybe $200,000 worth of assets. And then the long farm is going to be for nonprofit organizations who are larger and who exceed those uh, minimal capacities. Once you file your uh, 501c, your 1023, now the clock is ticking because you're waiting for the IRS to then approve your form 1023 and then mail you your 501c3 designation letter. Next step, and we're always telling individuals, make sure you open up a business banking account. Never, ever, ever co-mingle your personal funds and the funds within, with the nonprofit organization. So make sure you open up a business banking account and uh, get that all set up. And then there are certain publications in your particular county that you might have to complete. Um, so you also want to check with your local county courthouse to see, do you need a business license? Um, several counties require a business license. So make sure that, but then some counties require a business license, but they're exempt from paying. So just check with your local county about your business license and also about any newspaper publications that you want to place that you need to um, let know. So the newspaper can, <clears throat> excuse me, can let the community know that a new nonprofit organization has been birthed. That's for the new nonprofit. Now for the not and now for the nonprofit organization who is older and for the new one that's filed. Um, now there are annual renewals. Make sure every single year you are filing your taxes. And the tax form is called a 990 tax return. 990 tax return. You must file your tax returns. It's going to be vitally important. Even if you do not have a penny that have come into the organization. You have to file your tax return. Here's why. You know that you didn't raise any money, but the Internal Revenue Service don't know that. So again, um, transparency. You always must file your 990 tax return. Um, the Internal Revenue Service says that the last day of the 990 is on the fifth month of the 15th business day, meaning May 15th. Uh, so make sure you just file those annual tax returns. You also want to make sure you look at the Secretary of State and reach out to the Secretary of State because there are going to be annual registration fees that are due with the Secretary of State. So make sure you check with the Secretary of State. All fees vary by state. So make sure you dive into that. Also, look at your business license. Uh, business licenses are typically uh, have to be renewed as well. And then finally, there is a permit called a, well, it's in Georgia, it's called a Georgia Charitable Solicitation Permit. But then there's also in several states, it's a solicitation permit, meaning in order to raise money in several states, you have to have a permit to do so. 
And so check with your, again, Secretary of State. You can also check with an Attorney General's office to find out where do you file your charitable solicitation permit. Once you file, find out where you file it, then I'm sure there's going to be an annual renewal fee to your solicitation permit. Now, those are the seven things that every nonprofit leader should do. I want to tell you about um, an amazing course that every nonprofit leader has to take. Um, every nonprofit leader has to take. You'll have some information on how you can register that's going to be on your screen. But when you register for this course, the name of the course is Grow and expand your nonprofit organization in 90 days. Grow and expand your nonprofit organization in 90 days. Inside of this course, you'll be receiving strategies on how to write a winning proposal. <clears throat> Excuse me. Before you do any fundraising, proposals and having a proposal is going to be incredibly important. So now it's gonna, you're gonna really understand how to write that winning proposal. In addition to writing that winning proposal and that you can submit to grants, then I'll also give you exactly where to submit the proposal, how to submit the proposal. You'll also understand some secrets about fundraising. There are four different elements to fundraising that will really dive in into the course. Like this particular course, people's lives are being changed. You know, I'm getting so many amazing feedback just to see how many people are taking the course and their nonprofit organization is growing by leaps and bounds. In addition to that, we'll take a deep dive into board development and how to, uh, you know, design this winning board of directors. You remember what I said earlier, your board of directors is absolutely key. So then the course is going to really take you into a deep dive on how to really grow and expand your board of directors. Fundraising, 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 man, everything that need that you need to know about fundraising and different elements of fundraising, not just grants, but corporate sponsorships, individual uh, donor giving, all of that is in this course. When you enroll in this course you and at the premium level, you will receive three complimentary free proposals so you can look at for yourself to see exactly how you're supposed to be writing your proposal. All of this is included in this course. So again, grow and expand your nonprofit organization in 90 days. The course has just been absolutely phenomenal. I highly, highly recommend that you take the course. You know, one of the things that I'm hearing as people are taking the course is like, oh my God, I'm meeting goals and objectives so fast. Like, and you know what? Growing and expanding a nonprofit organization doesn't take a long time. It takes strategy. But in the course, I'm giving you the strategy. Like, I'm literally giving it away. You know, I've worked with so many nonprofit organizations as a consultant, you know, including the Steve and Marjorie Harvey Foundation, Ricky Smiley Foundation, YMCA, Boys and Girls Clubs, you name it. And all of the success principles that I apply with those nonprofit organizations, it's all wrapped up in the course and I'm just giving it away. So make sure you register for the course today. Make sure you sign up. All right. Well, listen, you guys have an amazing, amazing day. I look forward to seeing you next time.